Welcome back guests to our podcast, Well, Yes. My name is Michelle Moss, and today I have a beautiful guest named Mary Lee Feeney. Hi, Mary Lee. Hi, it's nice to be here. We are so happy to have you. Um, Our listeners are going to really get a really good interview when they listen to what you have to say. My friend, Mary Lee, is an overcomer. And um, I want Mary Lee to start by telling us a little bit about your childhood and and, uh, kind of what transpired. And then we're going to go the journey of where you got to where you're at today. Sure, sure. I was a kid that stuttered and and I still stutter now. Um, and it was very hard. It was, you know, I started it, I started to stutter when I was about four. I had, you know, a lot of speech therapy that was all based on the physical part of stuttering, not a lot based on feelings and emotions. And I grew, grew, grew up feeling um, really bad about myself. I just, uh, I thought that if I was a bad talker, I was a bad person. So it really affected my self-esteem and and how I was. And it was it was really um it was really tough. And then in in my journey, you know, I went on and it's very hard in high school to give like a presentation. I did recorded you, them. Did you get picked on or ridiculed or anything, or were people pretty kind? You know what? I did not. I did not. I don't recall a lot of teasing, maybe a little bit, but I don't recall a lot. I think the thing that sticks more into my mind is maybe reactions. You know, maybe people didn't say anything, but maybe their facial expressions. Non-verbals were showing. Yeah. Maybe their facial expressions of looking like what is going on? And that, you know, uh, if I had a hard time on a word or maybe even cutting me off, that was a big deal, like filling in a word. And as, as a speech pathologist now, I certainly know that that's something that we don't do, but that happened at times. And so it gave, it gave a message that my message wasn't important, you know, and, and so, so that like, like stuck with me. And I think listening was so important to me because I didn't always feel heard. Oh, that's really important. I think that's an overarching problem for everyone, but that would be specifically dramatic for somebody who has a speech, a speech stuttering issue. So I did, you did uh, spill the beans um, saying that you are a speech pathologist, which has led you to now where you are a public professional speaker, but what led you when, when you're saying, I felt like I wasn't good enough, my self-esteem was bad. How did you take that and turn it into, well, I'm going to do this to help other people as your first career as a speech pathologist? You know, I, I think it was really my experience in speech therapy, you know, just seeing, and also I, I had a tremendous passion for my parents. I felt like they didn't get the resources and the things that they needed. And, and so I had this thirst to be able to help people. And to also, I think most importantly in my mind is to, is to be able to show people that you could stutter, you can have an articulation problem, you can have a stroke, but you could still communicate. And for me mm-hmm. as a kid, it was always being shown well, 
here's fluent role models. This is what you have to work towards. You have to be the shoulds. Yeah, you have to be fluent. And there were no role models who happened to stutter. And so I was horrified because for me, well, what what could I do if this was the road? I wasn't able to always be fluent. And so I didn't know, you know, what my road would be. So what really drove me into speech pathology was I felt like people had to feel good about talking no matter what no matter what capacity they had to talk, if it was an AAC device, which a computer to be able to talk, whatever it was, that their message was important. And that I think was the driving force for me to go into speech pathology. And so in what, how have you done that? Where have you worked with, was it with children? Was it with adults? Was it with stroke victims? Where have you worked? Everywhere under the sun. (laughs) I started off in nursing homes. I started off very medical. I worked in hospitals. I also worked for facilities for, um, developmentally, delayed. Mm -hmm. And I worked in private practice settings. And then in my journey, I decided 23 years ago to start a private practice. Mm -hmm. And that has been the majority of what I've been doing now. So do you feel like, and again, this will go into the public um, professional speaking. Did you feel like your clients connected to you even more because that you were so relatable and you were sharing and vulnerable. And this is, this is me and this is where you can be and you can do anything you put your mind to. I mean, do you think that impacted your clients in a, in a positive way? Absolutely. Not only the clients, but the families, you know, I mean, the parents that have children that, you know, have challenges, you know, I, I, I think uh, again, going back to my own parents, it just, I, I felt their pain and they didn't have the resources. And so that like drove me to be a practitioner that could provide those resources to parents and, and really reach out and, and show that there is hope, mm-hmm. you know, and, and no journey is the same. It's not, it's not this one way, it's not a cookie cutter approach. You know, it, 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 this was my journey and I had to invent it and I had to do it. And it is far exceeds any expectations that I ever believed possible or that I ever thought. I love that you said invent your own journey. That might be the title of the podcast. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> um, and I think that when we rewind back to what you said in the beginning, when you were talking about the challenges of being in high school and having to do the speeches that we all hated and that we all had to do and we all get nervous about. But if you have a stutter, that's even more extraordinarily terrifying. But let's let's go forward now to what you're doing, where how you started. How did you go from the fear of public speaking and having those issues come up and 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 the anxiety to say, well, okay. I have a stutter, <clears throat> I'm a speech pathologist, and now I'm going to be a public speaker. How did that transpire? It was never planned. That's my big word. And I just wanted to add one thing about high school. 
I would give presentations to the teacher at times alone. So never like not always to the class. So yeah, for me to go from that to speaking to 500 people, um, it was never dreamed of. But how it really happened is through my business. When I when I started a private practice, the idea was to get the word out. And how do you get the word out? Well, you go talk to Kiwanis clubs and and mothers groups. And that's what I did. I you know I and never never in a million years thinking that it would develop into what it has. It was really an opportunity to do PR, to get the word out and to um, just let them know about my business. And in the back of my mind, I'll tell you what I was really thinking. I was thinking, this is a complete joke. Why am I doing this? I stutter. I, nobody's really going to come to me now. And all of these thoughts were going in my mind. So the old thoughts from the societal thoughts, the thoughts that you heard growing up were still resonating within yourself, which is important. Yeah. Oh yeah, deep, deep, deep uh, strong, but just something, something, you know, so my business was so important to me that I would do anything. And, and so this was important to me. And, and so I thought, well, this is the way to do it. But then It'd be, I, I like went, and it was really hard. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to laugh. I, I, I mean, I'm not going to candy coat it. Uh, I remember one time going to one of these groups speaking and it was just a really hard time of, of speaking. It was at night and I came out to my car and I cried and I thought, you know, oh my gosh, what a fool I am. And I can't do this. And oh my gosh, this is terrible. And, and then then it just, it became more. I started to speak in my state associations and people started to invite me to speak. And I started to do workshops and then all day and then keynote in front of uh, loads of people. And I loved it. And it became part of my business. And so it just, it, it kind of grew. I worked for seminar companies. I, you know, I did what I call industrial speaking. I did my, I, I, I spoke a lot on stuttering, of course. And so I would speak at three different cities. I would go for six, I would give a six hour presentation at three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon, like continuing education is usually and I would travel to one city and then either fly or drive to the next and then and then go to another one and then go home and then basically lie on the couch all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so so this is amazing to, to hear this. And I hope our listeners really resonate with taking something that's a hard thing, something that was seen as a detriment and turned it into your passion, your business, helping others. Did you have a support network along the line? You've, you've talked about your family. Is there other friends, uh, cohorts of family members, spouses, children? How has that been protective for you? So a couple things. First and foremost, my husband has been a supporter of me from day one, you know, uh, just, just through this, you know, you can do this, just uh, a tremendous rock in, in all of this. 
And then, then I have to give credit to the National Stuttering Association. You know, I was I was about 22 when I met them, and it it totally changed my world. You know, I, I began to go to conferences and workshops and became involved in the Cleveland Association, and it, I saw people who stuttered and were such effective communicators. And it, it just began to plant the seed for what I could do. And I, I almost had permission. It was like, oh, this is possible. Like it was something that I dreamed in my heart, but it was something that I didn't know that was possible. And so somebody spoke, this is a perfect example. Somebody spoke and, and they had what we call secondary B, B, be, uh, behaviors with stuttering are like if a person shakes their head to get a word out. And sometimes I do that. And this particular person had that too. And I'm like, oh, and they're, they're like interviewing for these big jobs and, and they're doing this. And it just, it's just like something went off in me that said, really, I have a choice. And am, am I going to sit in the sidelines or am I going to do this? Can I make, you know, do I have to let it hold me back what's deep in my heart? And I, I just chose no. I just I just went forward. And, and that gave me tremendous amount of strength. And it was a hierarchy. I began to speak to people who stutter and was comfortable. And then I'm like, oh, I can't speak to fluent people. Oh, that would be too scary. But slowly but surely I did. And it just began... It, it began to get easier, and I also I also uh, discovered that it was a lot about me, you know, and what I thought rather than about them. Mm -hmm. And and I love that at twenty two years old. And I remember when we spoke before, you had mentioned this. This was that aha moment, the pivot when you and it was because concretely you were face to face with people just like you. And they were successful and they were thriving. And it wasn't this bad, dark thing. It was, hey, you can do this. I can do this. If they can do this, I can do this. And I think that's something that's important for our listeners to hear too. Sometimes we need to seek out people um, who are going to lift us up, who are going to motivate it. Sometimes even it's, let's start with like-minded people. Like you said, I'm going to talk to people who stutter and then I'm going to talk to this person, this person fluent. And I, you know, the fluent, I think that's amazing, but we have to start somewhere. And I think it's beautiful and, and it's serendipitous. And what if you would never have met this group of people or been connected to the National Stuttering Association? Um, how did you get turned into, turned onto the, the National Stuttering Association? I think I just read some information about them or, or saw that they had a group in Cleveland and, and then slow, just slowly but surely got affiliated with them and then went to a national conference and, and, and did workshops there. That was the important thing is that I, I was always doing workshops there in a safe environment. And that gave me and getting feedback that was like, hey, you're good at this. And and somebody made the comment that I stutter gracefully. <laughs> OK. And, and so, you know, it was just those kinds of things that that really helped me and, and helped me become confident in my ability. So I have a couple of things I want to talk about your, what your business looks like now, but before that, I want to ask you, 
then this is just for listeners who may encounter somebody who's stuttering. And this is just a PSA kind of thing. Are there any little things you can tell someone if they're talking to someone who's stuttering, what not, maybe some not to do's or, you know, I know, like, I think you had men men mentioned maybe finishing your sentences or, but are there things just little to couple little hints, little things that our listeners can, can grasp onto, because this is important too, because it's, this is about you, but this is also about a group of people, whether it's stuttering or some other speech impediment. So anything you can add on that? Absolutely. With stuttering, first and foremost, not finishing a person's sentence or hurrying them. Even if you know that they're going to say French fry, like I always give the example, if I went and you probably can't hear that sound, but if I made an FR sound a couple times, you might think it was, I was going to say French fry, but I could be saying frosty, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> I could be saying other words. So the reason why you don't want to guess is because you could be incorrect. And the other thing is people want to be independent communicators. Now there might be some people who stutter and who, who are okay with filling in with having another person fill in their words. And, and so, but the general rule of thumb is letting the person finish what they have to say. And I, I think another guideline would be just not hurrying the person, you know, stuttering is going to increase when there's, when there's rushing or hurrying, you're trying to walk out the door, something like that. It's going to be harder to uh, talk. Thank you. And I appreciate those. And those are just small things. Um, but I think it's also as the therapist in me, it's very validating to let someone finish their thought. It's, it builds self-esteem to let somebody um, finish their thought without being rushed. And so those are all those things that obviously we want to encourage in each other when we're lifting each other up. So just a little plug there. All right. Um, so tell me about your business now and what your main focus is since um, you're moved away from the pathology and you're really focusing on your public speaking. So tell me a little bit about your business and what it's called and where they can, people can find you. Well, I, I, I'm still a speech pathologist, so I do want to put that out there and I still am providing speech therapy services, but I am uh, focused. I, I am uh, doing a lot now with my speaking and it's it's changed a little bit. So I just started a new website. It's www.maryleefeeney.com and it's M-A-R-I-L-E-E -E, and it's F-I-N-I. And I'm sure there's going to be information posted on the podcast if you need mm -hmm. to go to it. But I have started a new a website about my speaking. And my focus now is I'm speaking to corporations and workplaces and in, in leadership in order to help people become overcomers so that they can reach their goals. That is my whole platform. And I speak on subjects such as communication, of course, how to build a connection, public speaking, and motivation. I have a, a talk called Be Becoming an Overcomer mm -hmm. in Leadership and Life, where, you know, that's talking about 
how we can apply this whole philosophy of overcoming and how an obstacle, whatever that might be, for me, it was stuttering, but whatever that obstacle could be, that it doesn't have to hold you back from doing what you want to do. And I wanted to also add, I don't think I talked about this a lot, but I also in my journey uh, became a professor and taught public and, and teach uh, public speaking. I've taught at two colleges and that's been um, a, another one of those things where I thought never could I do this. And that has been just absolutely wonderful in, you know, being able to help people who might have fear over public speaking and kind of making it so that they can overcome that and, and, and see the beauty of being able to communicate in whatever way they can. And I think I learned that there's different styles. Some people are more introverted. Some people are more extroverted. And so public speaking could be intimidating, not just because of stuttering, but a whole bunch of other reasons. And so one of the things that I try to do is make it less intimidating and, and also just bring that, that you always bring something special to the podium. Everybody does. And being able to really highlight that. So yeah, that has, has been my work that I'm doing now. I, um, I have done leadership training programs. I've done uh, professional education. I've done lunch and learns, keynotes, and I'm, I'm really passionate about getting my message out there. I love it. And, and you really are speaking my language, you know, about overcoming. And you said taking that obstacle. And, you know, I, I, I almost have called it, you know, my, with my husband and what we went through and him almost dying and turning that around. We've called that the hardest thing, but we've turned it into a blessing you know, it, we've turned it into our passion and that's what you've done as well. And I think that's a beautiful way to look at it. You know, this thing that can be so difficult can be the thing that we are going to be passionate about in a positive way and help others. And that's always the hard, hard part to put out there is we want to help others. And this is the way to do it. Even if it's a difficult thing we've gone through. Okay. I like to ask this question to, um, you're a busy lady. You know, we've talked about you're still a speech, speech pathologist. You're a public speaker. You're, you've been a professor, still professor. I don't know if you're still doing, um, teaching, mm -hmm. um, lots of things going on. And you mentioned having a husband and your family. So what do you do to fill your cup? Where's your place of, uh, finding peace, finding joy, relaxing, recharging? Well, I would say I'm a work in progress in that, but I definitely have things. Exercise is, is a huge thing for me. Um, now I'm swimming in the summer, really love the water, but walking, bike riding, exercising, I, um, anything that I can do, I sometimes do uh, videos and, and just anything I like to do weights, just light weights. And I, I feel like an hour a day is really important. Now that it's nice out, I, I, I'm drawn to being outside. If it's a rainy day, sometimes we walk in the mall. That's been a great thing, but I, I love to be able to, um, to do some type of movement that, that helps me recharge. 
you said we, who is that? Was that be you and your husband? Oh, my husband. Yeah. I mean, not all the time. We do like, you know, some of the time, but definitely uh, the walks in the mall for sure, or, or walks outside sometimes. Yeah. That sounds like, again, everything you're saying, I don't know if it's our age or just the, where we our trajectory in life, but those are all the things that I love as well. Um, and I am so thankful for um, my friend, our friend, Louise, who's actually a distant relative of yours, who has mm -hmm. linked us up. And she, she reached out and said, Michelle, you're going to love my cousin by marriage or something. <laughs> you're going to love Mary Lee. And I want you to talk to her. And, and I, you know, I think it would be a great, a great pairing. So thank you, Louise, for connecting me to your relative, Mary Lee, because Mary Lee, when we talked the first time, I kept thinking, my gosh, I want to be friends. I want to go hang out. I want to do stuff. You know, it's like, you know, a lot of similar things. So I am so grateful. And that's what I love about doing this is we get to meet some of the most amazing, passionate, powerful women in their own right. Right. So is there anything else you want to add of your story of this journey of having a, 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 a stuttering and turning this into your career than turning it into even more anything else you want to add or any, any advice you would give someone out there who might have something that they need to overcome. That's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think my advice would be to go for it and to re most importantly, follow your heart. I, I, I think, you know, there was a hallmark moment that I, I didn't really um, speak about that I'm just going to take a minute to share. And it was a time where I really, um, it, it really helped me understand what I needed to do. I was working in a hospital and I had to go give a talk at the school where this child was receiving a lot of teasing. And the principal had, I had gone to the principal and, and talked to them. And they had said that I was going to just speak to 30 uh, stu stu uh, students and it was going to be small. And when I showed up that morning, the principal said, oh, things have changed. You're going to go down to the cafeteria. There's 107th graders waiting for you. And there's a big microphone. Mm -hmm. I had never spoke in front of a microphone. I had never done any of this. I was looking for the back door. And so something made me stay. And the first thing I did was acknowledge to the audience that I started because I thought to myself, I'm going to be eaten alive. Seventh graders, I'm going to be eaten alive. And um, so I did it and it was, you know, I stuttered, but I had eye contact. I felt confident. I felt like I made such a difference. And when I went to my car that day, I had a real moment. Some, some voice went in me that said, you have a choice. You can either spend the rest of your life thinking of stuttering as a burden, or you could decide to help people. And I chose B and never looked back. It was, it was so intensely powerful that it wasn't about me. Before it was always, it was this burden and that it was this thing and I couldn't do this because of this. But this day I helped people and it lifted and I just, something came over me. And I really believe that it was the truth came over me and what I needed to do and, and spirit have a strong belief in God. It really guided me to what I had to do. And it was a definite choice um, that, that I 
had to make. And so if I can end with one important message, following your heart and following what, what is being told to you and what is being unfolded, even if it's super scary, because super scary means super great at the end. And that has, that has happened to me. Like I never believed that I would touch people in such a way that I do. So um, I say, follow your heart and, uh, and the rest can follow. <laughs> I love that. And so many of our ladies that have overcome so much have said the same thing, go for it, follow your heart. And it's also when you're saying it's a choice, you know, being a victim or being party to something that's negative or saying I'm making a choice. And also you've turned stuttering into a gift, which is beautiful. It's a gift. This is your gift and your gift to give to the world to help others. So, I mean, you know, God works in his mysterious ways and you figured it out. I love that. So thank you. Thank you for helping so many people. Thank you. I for am sharing. happy. Yeah. Thank I want Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I wanted to just share one thing. If there's anybody listening um, who really enjoyed my message, if if you you know, please check me up. Please check the website. If you are in a workplace that has speakers come, if you're connected to an organization or a conference, I really want to get my word out because I believe strongly in overcoming and and we can do what we want. So if you if if you definitely have any kinds of um, connections or, or want to get in touch, please feel free to. And we will definitely have that information um, in the write-up for our podcast, because I think anybody that would listen would, would gain something, whether they are stutterers or other speech impaired or fluent. There's so much to learn from what you have to say. So Mary Lee, thank you so much. It's been such a blessing to meet you. And I know our listeners are going to gain some good stuff from this. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. Yes. So as always, say well yes to your passion. 